Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, we are in a series specifically for those who are newly bereaved. And as I said last week, when I say newly bereaved, I'm talking about anything from the very first day to the first two or three years. I think it's important to know that most experts will say that for a parent who's lost a child, anything under five years is considered fresh grief. And losing a child of any age is considered traumatic grief. It's a trauma. And PTSD can come with it, depending on the circumstances of our child's death. This week, we're going to be talking about what is normal for the newly bereaved after child loss. So here's the question. What is normal? Well, pretty much anything and everything. Not wanting to be anywhere in public or anywhere there are big gatherings, including family holidays. For a lot of us, this whole COVID restriction was like, yes, now I have an excuse not to be where people want me to be. I have an excuse not to be with family outings or where, you know, things are going on. We've appreciated that. Uh, Getting past the identity of being a grieving parent. You are still the parent of your child who lived and you want to be remembered for their life, not their death. Fear is a normal part of being a bereaved parent, a newly grieving parent. Fears that we never had before. And I have done a whole podcast series on the different fears, a lot of the fears that we now face that we didn't have before. If you're interested in that, I will link to those in the show notes. Wanting to die. I begged God to just take me. And Some parents will say, I died too, they just forgot to bury me. That's very normal to not feel like you have a reason to live anymore. You just want to go be with your child again, even if it doesn't make sense in our heads, because our head knows we still have a lot to live for. We may have other children. We may have a loving spouse. We may have maybe elderly parents that need us to take care of them. We have a job that we used to love. In our head, we know we have reasons to live, but our heart just doesn't want to live. We want to go be with the child who's missing. And one time, my husband realized that it seems like it's a lot like when Jesus talked about leaving the the 99 to go find the one. That's kind of how we feel. It's normal that nothing brings us joy anymore, that it's almost like everything is gray. It's almost like you don't see color anymore. Things are tasteless. There's just no depth in your life in in that kind of a way. Being in a total and complete fog, feeling like your mind is always fuzzy and you can't think straight. Being forgetful is huge and is so frustrating. And I started wondering if early Alzheimer's was setting in. I was just so forgetful and it was so frustrating. It can be normal for a lot of us to start eating a lot more than we ever did or not eating at all. We just have no appetite whatsoever. We sleep all the time, or we don't sleep at all. We can find it hard. Maybe you find it hard to read your Bible, or to pray, or to go to church, even if you're a leader in the church. 
Or maybe you're pressing into all of those things, looking for answers and for God to be your source of strength. Things that people think and that people do, things that people turn into a big drama. It's like, that is so small. Why would you be so upset about that? But on the other hand, the smallest thing can make you fall apart and get you upset and in tears for no apparent reason. Have you seen how much of what I have shared are complete opposites? I think you might see that just about anything is normal. Others around us have no idea what we're going through. We are on autopilot at work. So people think that we're fine and we're getting over it. We put on our mask and we tell people we're fine when we're not because we just don't want to get into it. They wouldn't understand. Maybe we feel like if I started talking about it, I would just fall apart and I'm, I wouldn't be able to pull myself back together. And the other thing is we don't want to make others feel that awkward, uncomfortable place. And we find a lot of times that it's our job to make other people around us feel comfortable with our grief and our loss. And that just seems so wrong, doesn't it? It can be so frustrating. There is something that was written. It's called My New Normal. And I spent a lot of time when I first discovered this trying to find out who the author of this was. I have not been able to discover that. Maybe you know who that is and you can let me know. But at this point, I have to say author unknown. I want to read this to you. It's called My New Normal. Normal is having tears waiting behind every smile when you realize someone important is missing from all the important events in your family's life. Normal is trying to decide what to take to the cemetery for birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, Valentine's Day, 4th of July. Normal is feeling like you can't sit another minute without getting up and screaming because you just don't like to sit through anything anymore. Normal is not sleeping very well because a thousand what-ifs and why-didn't-I's go through your head constantly. Normal is reliving that day continuously through your eyes and mind, holding your head to make it go away. Normal is having the TV on the minute you walk into the house to have noise because the silence is deafening. Normal is every happy event in my life always being backed up with sadness lurking close behind because of the hole in my heart. Normal is staring at every boy who looks like he's my son's age and then thinking of the age he would be now, then wondering why it is even important to imagine because it will never happen. Normal is telling the story of my child's death as if it were an everyday commonplace activity and then seeing the horror in someone's eyes at how awful it sounds and yet realizing it has become part of my normal. Normal is having some people afraid to mention my child. Normal is making sure that others remember her. Normal is weeks, months, and years after the initial shock, the grieving gets worse sometimes, not better. Normal is not listening to people compare anything in their life to this loss unless they too have lost a child. Nothing. Even if your child is in the remotest part of the earth away from you, it doesn't compare. Losing a parent is horrible, but having to bury your own child is unnatural. Normal is sitting at the computer crying, sharing how you feel with chat buddies who have also lost a child. Normal is feeling a common bond with friends on the computer in the UK or the US, but yet never having met any of them face to face. 
Normal is new friendship. Normal is a new friendship with another grieving mother talking and crying together over our children and our new lives. Normal is not listening to people make excuses for God. God may have done this because... Oh, I'll just put in my own two cents. I hate that. That's just, yeah. I know that my child is in heaven, but hearing people trying to think up excuses as to why my child was taken from this earth is not appreciated and makes absolutely no sense to this grieving mother. Normal is wondering this time whether you are going to say you have two children because you will never see this person again and it's not worth explaining that my eldest child is in heaven. And yet when you say you have only two children to avoid that problem, you feel horrible as if you've betrayed your child. Normal is asking God why he took your child's life and asking if there even is a God. Normal is knowing I will never get over this loss in a day or a million years. And last of all, normal is hiding all the things that have become normal for you to feel so that everyone around you will think that you are normal. That's really good, isn't it? If you'd like a copy of this, it's in our members library on our website. It's a free PDF download. It's got a nice background to it. So if you want to get a copy of this, my new normal that I just read, all you have to do is go to GPS Hope dot org and go to the library and just sign up to be a, a member of the library and you'll find all kinds of downloads in there but this will be one of them i'll also put a link in the show notes for this i want to go back to this a little bit and there are a few things that i just want to touch on i know when it talks about normal is trying to decide what to take to the cemetery i just every single time i am buying something from my daughter's grave it is still so surreal and it's been over nine years for us and it just it's a horrible thing to do and sometimes because our children are our identity and sometimes being a bereaved parent becomes our identity even still there are times when I'm buying something that's obviously a funeral you know like a memorial day wreath or something sometimes I just wish that the person checking me out would would say something about this and I could say they're for my daughter just so I don't know it just it's so it's just so surreal and it still affects me like that. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, that, that is normal. When this talks about normal as having the TV on the minute you walk into the house to have noise because the silence is deafening, I think for me what I thought about in reading that is also how normal it is to have the TV on and something comes on totally unexpected that's a trigger. I know that happened a few years ago with the Super Bowl commercial of all things. It was an insurance company. Here it is, the Super Bowl. Everybody, you're watching for the fun commercials, right? And all of a sudden, there's a commercial, and it's, it just it made me sick to my stomach. It was for an insurance company. It was talking about safety, but it would show things like, a child like sitting on a swing and then just ghosting away with that swing swinging empty or like a child in front of a like a cupboard under the kitchen with all the poison things under there and it, it was just showing you know a pool it, it was just it was horrible and and parents all over the nation were just horrified and sickened and couldn't watch the rest of the Super Bowl and it's just crazy how just unexpectedly 
a song on the radio. You can be in your car or in a store and all of a sudden a song hits. And for me, sometimes that song can be something that warms my heart when I think of Becca and I can crank it up and sing with it. And then another time that exact same song can just reduce me to a puddle of tears. That's all normal. The normal is every happy event in my life always being backed up with sadness lurking close behind because of the hole in my heart. Uh, to me, I call those bittersweet. Those are bittersweet events. Weddings, I don't have to list them out to you. You know what I'm talking about. That is now a normal part of our lives. That's just a few things, and I don't want this to be dark and heavy. So what I want to do is, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll remember that we heard from four of my friends who've also lost a child, and they're all people who reach out to bereaved parents and we heard what they each thought a newly bereaved parent should know. So if you didn't hear that, you may want to go back and listen to episode 91. Right now, we're going to listen to the rest of these. And remember, these were recorded just for you and this podcast episode. Hi, my name is BJ Jensen. I am the director of Love in Motion Signing Choir and the mom of Jody and Jay. Jody died when she was just a babe in my womb, and Jay died as an adult by suicide. If there's any advice that I could give you, it would be to find a support group and reach out to other moms who've experienced the excruciating pain felt after the death of a child. I think that's one thing that helped me the most, finding a group online or finding a Zoom group, or finding someone that you could just get together with for a cup of coffee. That really helps a lot when someone understands. My name is Sarah Faith Nelson. I am the author of Footsteps of Hope, a devotional for bereaved parents based on my journal writing after the death of my daughter, Jeanette. I remember, oh, so well what it was like in the first few weeks and months after my daughter died. One of the biggest questions I had was wondering, will it always hurt this bad? I pictured the years stretching out into the future before the time of my own heaven going, and it just seemed so impossibly dark. How could I possibly live with this much pain for the rest of my life? Well, my sister who had also lost her daughter a few years earlier, assured me that it does get better. We know grief doesn't end. We don't just wake up one day and we're over it. We will always miss our child, and there will always be heartache in their absence. But it won't always be the raw, ragged pain that we feel in the beginning. It won't always be that dark. The intensity will ease. And I needed that reassurance from my sister. And now it's been nearly 11 years for my sister and almost seven years for me. And I can say that my sister was right. We still miss our daughters, of course. And there are some days that are harder than others. But it's not the same as it was in the beginning. Those memories, sights, sounds, smells, tastes, all of that, that used to be so painful, have softened 
and become sweeter over time. And I can live with this now. The beginning of our grief journey is rough, no doubt about it, but it does get better. We've made it this far and so can you. And I can't promise when you'll get to that point where you can say it gets better because everybody's different, but you will get there. And I hope this brings a measure of hope to you. You can make it. It does get better. My name is Michelle Paul, and I'm with Umbrella Ministries, which is a ministry for moms who have lost a child. For those of you who are newly bereaved, who are just walking through this trial, I think the most important thing I could tell you that change your question from the why to the what. The why of why your child is not here will never make sense to us on this side of heaven. We will always, um, that, that why question can never find a meaning to us, but the what can. So what can you do with this loss? How can you make your life better because of your child? Your child would want that for you. So I would just encourage you to change your why question to a what question. So I will pray for all of you, and um, which I do often, is pray for people who are on this, this journey. So God bless you. Hi, my name is Melanie DeLorme. After my eight-year-old son Garrett was killed in a hunting accident, I wrote and published the book After the Flowers Die, a handbook of heartache, hope, and healing after losing a child in hopes of helping other parents deal with their grief. And if you are a newly bereaved parent, I have some things that I want you to know. I know that even though you and I are strangers, we now have this unique connection that most people will never understand. And I know we both wish that we didn't share this experience. I also know that whatever you are feeling right at this moment is perfectly natural and normal. You might be feeling physically exhausted to the point that you can barely force your feet out of bed in the morning. You might be unable to control your emotions and that you're literally crying over the spilled milk. Maybe you feel numb and you're not able to articulate your needs to anyone. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're feeling bitter. Maybe you're feeling guilty. Maybe the thought of attending any social gathering is causing you stress and anxiety. Maybe you're worried that this pain will never lessen. Whatever feelings you have right now, I assure you that they are normal. And something else I know, I know that you will be okay. And I know that because you have the strength to be listening to this podcast right now. And you have the strength to heal even though you don't believe it yet. Your healing will likely be very gradual one day at a time, one hour at a time, maybe one minute at a time. And that is to be expected. And you, I know you may not feel strong right now, but I need you to know that you are not alone. And even though it doesn't feel like it, those feelings of utter despair will show, slowly shift into a belief that happiness is possible. You will be able to smile and laugh again. You will find activities enjoyable. You will be able to work and life will feel worth living again. 
one of the prayers that kept me grounded, I guess I would say, that I'd like to share with you is the serenity prayer that says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Dealing with your grief journey takes a lot of courage. Please don't be afraid to share your feelings and experiences with others. It will help you heal. Hi, I'm Pam Friedevelt, licensed professional counselor, mom of two children in heaven, and online grief coach. One of the things that was so obvious to me in my own healing journey is my tendency to want to avoid the grief and to ignore it and kind of hide it from our, from myself. And I think it's just human nature because God has created us with this built in defense mechanism so that we survive. And that defense mechanism is to avoid pain and pursue safety and pleasure. We're hardwired for that. But those physical threats we need to protect ourselves from uh, when we're in danger are very different than how we need to respond to the emotional pain that we have following a loss. See, our pain has to be seen and acknowledged in order for us to be able to heal. And healing does happen best in the context of safe relationships, in the context of our relationship with God, and in the context of our relationship with safe, supportive people. But the problem is, we tend to avoid and hide our grief from ourselves and from others, because it's Frankly, it's just so painful. And we really don't know what to do with all that pain. I know I didn't. It's hard because we're afraid at times that the pain is going to consume us. It's just going to swallow us alive. And we don't know what to do with the pain. One of the things that I came across in my studies after we lost our son was in the grief science research. And there was a a study of about 300 people who had lost a loved one within 18 months of the study. And long story short, what they found was when we avoid and push down, suppress our painful feelings, our grief related to the loss, what actually ends up happening is we tend to have increased negative ruminations increased symptoms of anxiety, increased symptoms of depression, and we prolong and intensify our suffering and our grief actually gets complicated. So what we resist persists. When we resist our grief, that grief energy, grief is an energy, emotional energy, emotion, energy in motion, emotional energy, when we resist that, it's going to persist. When we push that down, rather than allowing it to be efficiently expressed, that grief energy goes into our bodies and it can end up making us sick. And it also stays there. It doesn't just go away. That energy doesn't just go away. 
it, it goes underground. And then we find as time goes forward that that toxic energy starts coming up at very inconvenient times, sometimes embarrassing times, and we do things and say things that hurt the people that we love the most. We don't want to carry this grief energy into our future or to bury it so that it comes out in toxic ways that end up harming our relationships. I just want you to know that the last one you heard from, Pam, recorded an entire episode for me on being a newly bereaved parent. And we're going to listen to that next week. So I hope you come back next week and listen to what Pam has to say. She is a licensed therapist and a grief coach, and she's very good at what she does. And she's going to have some good things that you're going to want to hear. I want to quickly emphasize what BJ said, that finding support is so very important. I didn't want to go to a group or find any, well, I did, I guess I did in a way, because I didn't know anyone who'd lost a child, but I also didn't know, I, I couldn't find a support group in my area. But at the same time, I didn't want to be around a bunch of people who were a mess like me. I thought I would go and we would all sit around and boo-hoo and cry about our kids. And I would leave feeling worse than when I, than when I went. The thing is, that was a mistake. It was a big mistake for me. Because being with others, the first time I was with a group of moms, it was so healing and it was so freeing and it was so wonderful to be around a group of people who were a mess like me. And I didn't have to explain myself. I didn't have to make excuses for anything, excuses for laughing, excuses for crying. I could just be me in my place of grief because every single person around me understood what I was going through. Being with others will help you to know that what you're going through, what you're thinking, what you're feeling is normal, which is so important. So wrapping this episode up, I want to answer the question, what is normal for a newly bereaved parent? It's whatever you are experiencing. I can guarantee there are others who either are experiencing or have experienced the exact same thing. Speaking of hanging out with others, we at GPS Hope have two opportunities for you right now. We are having a weekend retreat. This one is for couples, and there are one or two rooms left right now. If you want to check that out, go to gpshope.org retreat. You'll see all about it, what we do, what, you know, just uh, what we'll be talking about just how the whole weekend goes, and there'll be a place that you can register there as well. Also, I want to remind you about the Grief Cruise. I'm really excited about this, and it's for any loss. It doesn't have to be child loss, but GPS Hope has a track on the Grief Cruise for the Grief Seminar for Grieving Parents, but there will also be other seminar workshops and things for any kind of loss. I know that there'll be a candle lighting walk around the deck one of the nights, and it's just going to be a wonderful time of just 
letting yourself be pampered, let other people take care of you, be ministered to, and just come together, get to know each other, spend time together. So I encourage you to check it out. Go to gpshope.org slash cruise. And both the retreat and the cruise, I will have links in the show notes for those as well. I did some more recording for my new CD this past week, and I'm pretty excited. I'm not sure when it will be coming out, but I'll be keeping you posted. And I do want to ask you something. We are quickly coming up on the 100th episode of the Grieving Parent Sharing Podcast. So if you have any thoughts on what we should do for that 100th episode or what we should talk about, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at gpshope.org. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment that we do every week. First, we have Jeanette Marie. Jeanette is Sarah's daughter that you heard from a little while ago. And Jeanette was born on January 19th and is forever 36. Hugh Brown was born also on January 19th and Hugh is forever 18. We celebrate with these families the day, the important and special day that these two came into the world and how much they are still loved. If you would like to have your son or daughter shared with the other listeners on the podcast for their birthday, just go to gpshope.org birthdays, fill out the form, submit it, and I will be sure to add him or her to the birthday segment of the podcast the week of his or her birthday. I want to close this out with something I wrote a few years ago. It's called Reaching Out with Hope. People crying, children dying. You don't know. You don't know what is about to happen. The loss is huge. It is dark. You will be thrown into the abyss. Darkness, suffocation, never getting out until until someone brings hope, until someone brings a flicker of light, until someone yells out, hello, I have been down there, take my hand. No, let me come down and be with you. I will cry with you. I will hurt with you. I will stay with you. And while I am there, I will infuse hope in you. Hope that you can get out. Hope that you can see the light. Hope that you can live again beyond the death of your child. There you go. Here I come, but it isn't me. It is God in me reaching out to you with hope. Just like Sarah said earlier, it does get better. You may not believe it, but it really does. So remember to hold on Pain eases, there is hope.